Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting the outstanding Dr. Baraya Dardari. She is a physician and leading expert in child health with more than 20 years experience. She established the first pediatric integrative medicine clinic in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, with the following profiles of pediatric consultant at Hackensack Pediatrics, neonatologist in the past, a consultant pediatrician at the American Hospital in Dubai. She has extensive experience working with pediatrics and also the NICU, just a, a very talented physician leader that's also focused on benefiting broader range communities across different sectors to improve access is one of her main goals. And so today we're going to be having a great conversation with Dr. Dardari. I am so privileged to have you here, doctor. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Saul, for this opportunity. I'm excited as well. Yeah. And so, you know, before we start kind of diving into some of the things that you're seeing and doing in the field, talk to us a little bit about what inspires your work in healthcare. Sure. I don't know if it's going to sound cheesy, but to me, healthcare is not just a job or a career. I think what inspires me in healthcare is that you're providing a service to your patient, to your community, and your fellow humans. I really like the human connection of you know, a physician, especially a pediatrician, and uh, being with my patient throughout their life moment, be it a beautiful moment, such as meeting their first child for the first time or stressful moment, you know, during illness and disease. Yeah, it's uh, pediatric physicians are just such incredible people. I've never been with a physician, even like with my son and not felt like they cared. Like, I mean, you guys just have the biggest hearts. Oh, thank you. They make it easy. You know, their big <laughs> smile, their innocence, you know. <laughs> That's so true. And and so, you know, you do a lot of very interesting work. You've worked at the front lines. You've, you've done a lot of work at the administrative level as well. Talk to us about how you believe uh, you're adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. Sure. So currently in my current role, I work in a newly established university hospital in Dubai, and we have a vision to create a one-stop shop uh, for our pediatric patients. Usually, um, traditionally in the Middle East and the Emirates, uh, all the services were like fragmented. So parents have to go to different places. There is no coordination. So we, we want to kind of have this new concept into the region, which will reflect well on the quality of care of our little patients. We're also planning to promote more integrative medicine and become an integrative medicine hub, like bringing allopathic medicine approaches side by side with traditional medicine, such as Chinese medicine, homeopathy, naturopathy. So because we feel that patient globally, we see a global trend of patient wanting to use that integrative model rather than just focusing on the disease model of the Western medicine. I think that's so great. And just having the openness to include some of those things is really important. One of the things that happens often, at least on the state side, is that we get so caught up with, can I bill for this? Is there a payment model behind this? Is that something you guys run into over there too or not as much? Absolutely. And yeah. we actually have more obstacles because we adopted mm. the insurance model but it's still immature. So there's actually more like, you know, resistance from the insurance company to cover for a certain, you know, integrative or, you know, non-traditional medicine. So 
definitely the same, <laughs> the same, same challenges. Like, absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like in general, when we work with the pediatric population, especially when you're working in the NICU, right? I mean, such fragile kids that need, you know, options, there tends to be a little more tolerance for deviating from the norm to help them. True, true. We always have to kind of be an advocate for the patient, be it for the NICU, be it for special need kids, and sometimes need to have a battle with the NICU with the insurance company, basically. So yeah, but it's a constant struggle in this uh, basically insurance model type of medicine that we have here as well in the UAE. Got it, got it. No, that's good to know. So what would you say makes what you do different or better than what's available today? I think I look at the patient in a holistic manner. Although like in medical school, we usually focus on the physical part of like Mm -hmm. the exam or the complaint of the patient. But I think as I had more training in integrative medicine, I learned to look at the physical plus emotional, psychological, spiritual needs of the patient. So rather than just addressing the complaint that the patient's coming with in my office, I try to find the root cause of, of the complaint. I also think that my volunteer work really add value to me as a physician, basically, rather just always basically being paid for my services and also help address the need of the um, underserved populations such as refugees and maybe make a dent in the gap of the global health inequity that we have currently. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, Dr. Dardar, I think it's so great that you're engaged in that. And obviously a, a big reason why you're a part of the KOL group at REACH is this interest for greater access and greater care across the spectrum. You know, not necessarily if you have insurance or not, it's about how do we address the health needs of the broader population? And it sounds like you're doing quite a bit there. And as a result of it, you know, you're seeing and learning and gaining appreciation for for things that could really help across your your normal practice, your day-to-day. Yeah, KOL practice, you really are focusing on the health inequity. I think COVID made it a bit difficult to kind of engage with underserved populations, like especially beyond your kind of country borders. Mm-hmm. But I think telemedicine uh, also at the same time is helping us uh, reach uh, a bit of that gap. Yeah, for sure. How has uh, what you do improved outcomes or, or made business better? There has been a big gap in, in the UAE and in Dubai when I moved here in 2006 when it comes to uh, care for special needs kids. Services rarely existed at the time. So I was helping help to focus on providing care for these patients. And I think 14 years later, I can say that the situation is changing to the better, not just thanks to me, but there's a lot of, you know, players, parents, physicians who also helping create that awareness that uh, these patients have potentials and they need to be integrated into the classroom, into the society removing the stigma around the topic of, let's say, autism or special need. And I think like living in the UAE that who's promoting really the, the rights of uh, special need kids, they actually changed the name to children with determination, which I think it's amazing. It's just the name itself adds, uh, you know, hope and value. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. I was going to say that's hope, right? Like you're, yeah. you're, you're working, you're determined to mm-hmm. make the best mm-hmm. out of what we have here. True. 
Yeah, you know, it certainly provides additional challenges when, you know, the system and the culture doesn't uh, help. It sounds like with you guys, it's, it's certainly made a shift. Children with determination is a great way to to look at it and something that we should we should consider here in the in the US. I think the, the parents are the best advocate and they just uh-huh. basically behind them, you know, because they really have yeah. the energy and the the motivation. So, yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so as you reflect on um, the work that you've done, Dr. Dardari, what would you say you're most proud of in your career? I think that that same work with special needs kids and their family, I think because uh, they tend to be uh, underserved because of the insurance limitation, by the way, some insurance exclude these conditions, mm-hmm. you know, from coverage. Um, as well as sometimes exploited by certain healthcare provider, basically providing unnecessary treatment or false uh, hopes or basically sham treatment. So it's very important for the parents to have like somebody to guide them. Like, yeah, you have to do this to do that. And I learned a lot from them at the same time. You know, they they really resilient. They appreciate the small gains. They they have unconditional love for their kids, regardless of their abilities. So. Yeah, so it was a growing, you know, experience for me to provide service to this population. Yeah, that's definitely something that you could go to bed at night and say, yeah, you know, I did great things today. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to get creative, right? Like you just go, you do your job and you're doing great things. I hope so. I hope so. So how about on the business side, Dr. Dadari, what what would you say is your most proud (laughs) business accomplishment? Well, doctors are not very good businessmen. They don't teach us business in medical school, but but we learn it the hard way. And I think I had the opportunity, great opportunities here in Dubai because it's an evolving market. Mm-hmm. So I helped commission two new hospital, one eight years ago, where we basically started a hospital from scratch. We built the pediatric department from scratch and wow. grew in five, five years to be a full-fledged hub for pediatric care. Now in my new role, which is pretty recent, like in the past six months, we're mm-hmm. trying to do the same, but hopefully uh, better results even. That's fantastic. It's not easy to, to start anything from scratch. It's challenging. I like the challenge of commissioning something new and like the, the, the work in progress and unfortunate. Yeah. And, and it's super rewarding, right? When you know, like before you came, it was just a patch of land. And as you, right, as you leave (laughs) now, it's this like building with services and processes and procedures and just care. That's just a great way to say, wow, you know, I I left this place better than when I came. Sure. What would you say? And I'm sure it wasn't easy to do. And maybe it's an experience with establishing a new hospital or something else. But Talk to us about what you believe is is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and a key learning that, that's come out of that. Sure, sure. I think also like living in Dubai, we have like 120 different nationalities. So sometimes it's so hard to communicate wow. with different people from different backgrounds. So as a professional, I had the challenge of being demoted from a role unfairly, basically, I think. And being replaced with less qualified candidate. Initially, I thought it was a setback, but I think there's always a silver lining in everything that Mm -hmm. happens. It's kind of freed my time to uh, work on uh, different skills, learning new skills, getting trained in different areas, such as the refugee health and mental health. So looking at it now, like, you know, four years later, it's really not a setback. (laughs) So 
On an individual level, I had several health uh, issues and crises in the past two years. And, and I was always like this dynamo, energetic person and kind of helped push me to slow down, you know, mm -hmm. by force. But it also kind of put me in the patient's shoes. So I think it reflected on my relationship with patient. It made me, I think, a better physician. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm mm -hmm. glad you're doing well. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like being <laughs> there, right? I mean, if you've been there and you've experienced yeah. hardship, you know, you don't have to imagine. Uh, and the empathy. Absolutely. There, right? I was in a wheelchair for three months because I, I fractured my tibia. And now every time I see a patient wow. in the wheelchair, I'm like, I really feel what you're feeling right now. You know, like, so, trust me, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so your tibia is, is nice and healed. You're walking. Yeah. 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 Thank God. And until the next fracture, I'm, I'm notorious of fracturing my oh bones, my but, but, but for now I'm in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm so glad you're doing well. And you know, yeah, that's a good reminder. I right? just, uh, the importance of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes it's important to do. And so as you think about the work ahead, there's so much to do. What would you say you're you're most excited about today? A lot. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this new role, you know, as a chair of the child health department in the university hospital where I work in Dubai, Aki University. And also I'm really excited about being part of the REACH uh, KOL uh, leader group. I learned a lot from them and I hope that I can, with their help, you know, have an impact beyond my local role here in the UAE. Um, I think as an individual, I'm excited about the uh, the health, basically the post-COVID hopes mm -hmm. and every day's opportunity of like enjoying small moments with family, appreciating nature and growing spiritually as well. That's wonderful. That is just wonderful. Yeah. And reach does such a great job of thought leadership in, in public health and, and doing it at a global scale. I think they're just a, a wonderful organization. So they're a good group. But if you have to pick one person that you, you could have lunch with, anyone, who would it be? Uh, Dr. Amani Balur. She's okay. actually, I don't, I don't know her personally, but she's actually a Syrian pediatrician like me. Uh -huh. But she had the honor of uh, serving the kids during the war, like, you know, the Syrian war between 2016 and 2018. She actually ran an underground field hospital in the uh, conflict zone of eastern Ghouta near the capital, Damascus. And they actually had a documentary film made. Uh, it's called The Cave, where, what she, hmm. uh, where her hospital was. And it was actually um, done by National Geographic and was nominated for the Academy Awards. Wow. I really, I really would like to sit with her and learn from her how, how she kept going and, you know, kept her resilience for two years, providing care with the, like the, the most challenging environment, you know, and lack of medication equipment. So, so yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll get to do that. Well, if you are listening to this, Dr. Balor, um, <laughs> consider it an invitation. <laughs> I, I think she lives currently in Turkey. So, yeah. That's not, it's not super far. Yeah. yeah. Flight, right? How, how far is Turkey? Just three, four hour flight yeah. from Dubai. Mm. Yeah. That's easy. That's easy. That's a one day trip. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so what would you say is your number one health habit? Um, I meditate and pray five times a day. 
Wow. Um, I, I wasn't very good in meditation until I broke my leg and had to sit and, and basically gave me time to meditate. But uh, it really, and then I kept going on it. And it really helped me recenter my focus, you know, during the day, you know, renew my intention toward everything, including my work, my patients, give me positive energy, you know, to support the patient during the stressful situation. It's really powerful. Wow. And when you do your mm -hmm. meditations, do you, like, mm -hmm. how long are they? Do you vary the length? I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, during the work time, the day prayers, basically, or meditation, they're very short because you have to go back to work. You have mm -hmm. to, you have, you know, meetings. But at the end of the day, the night one and the early morning one, they usually get longer. Like they vary between half an hour to an hour. Uh, it sets me up for the day. <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I like to do usually a nighttime meditation before bed, mm -hmm. but I find it difficult to to get them in during the day. I just haven't had uh, had any, mm -hmm. any, uh, any success with that. So I admire your dedication to this <laughs> and I know it, it, and I know it's super beneficial. It is. It is. Sometimes I, I, I can't keep it up because of like the, you know, the schedule being very busy or, you know, you realize that you missed the opportunity, but the majority of time I try to stick to it. Yeah. That is amazing. And what would you say is the best advice you ever received? Um, I think from one of my mentors is like about, you know, when you have difficulty in communicating with a colleague or a patient is to remind yourself to that person when you really met them, and you're, you know, uh, is to, to remember that they're first and foremost a human being. Really, yeah. that kind of shifts the way you look at them, the way you think of them, and helps just melt away all the differences, personal, cultural, you know, political differences. So it really helped me succeed as a physician dealing with, like, let's say, a difficult patient or like a team member that, uh, you know, you have problems communicating with. And it really strengthened my skill as a leader as well. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. You know, mm -hmm. you, it's just, uh, we're human. And it doesn't matter where you're from. We're mm -hmm. all human. I mean, we're here. We are right. I'm in. I'm in the Chicago area. You're in the you know United Arab Emirates. Like, and we're having uh -huh. this awesome conversation about health. <laughs> I mean, this is absolutely. Awesome. I love this. <laughs> I I love it too. And that's what I love about Dubai too. Like, because it kind of challenge you to deal with people with different uh, background, culture, languages. So you know, it's interesting every day. You know. Yeah, that, I think that's uh, fantastic. Well, mm -hmm. this has been wonderful, Dr. Dardari. I've really enjoyed our time together here. Uh, before we conclude, can Thank you just you. share a, a closing thought and where the listeners could get in touch with you? Sure, sure. I'm actually available on LinkedIn and also they're, they're welcome to email me at my personal email, bdardari at yahoo.com. I think closing, the closing thoughts will be basically appreciation for, you know, healthcare workers and physicians, because before COVID, there was like, you know, an era where there's a notion of mistrust, disrespect toward physician and healthcare worker that, you know, sometimes uh, suspicion about their motives, like that they're working for profit, that, uh, you know, so yeah. fortunately this, this has changed with the COVID and the appreciation for healthcare workers and science has increased dramatically. I just want to remind listeners of that and that it's an honor and it's a service as a scientist or a physician, you know, or anybody working in medicine. 
And also we need to encourage our youth to get involved and not to be dismissive of it. I Now my little ones, when I ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? They will say, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a blogger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what happened oh to, I want to be a doctor. You know? <laughs> I know, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So just, but there's still hope out there. I just had two of my ex-patients. Uh, shadow me actually last two weeks because now they're interested in medicine and it oh, was awesome. it was like a rewarding so i think there are still kids out there interested uh, in medicine which is uh, which is great that is awesome yeah that is so funny that you said that yeah and you know it's interesting how the different generations change you know and i think ultimately we will see a lot of, you know, these, these desires to be YouTubers and things like that. Like mm -hmm. I would say mature and, and, and we'll see things like, oh yeah, you know, there is an opportunity to, to, to do something mm -hmm. beyond film a video. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> well, Dr. Dardari, you're an amazing person. I appreciate you spending time with us here, sharing your insights and the wonderful work that you do in pediatrics globally. I can't thank you enough for, for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. And hopefully we'll meet and we'll yes. uh, basically end this, this talk. will will add value and anything we do will add value, hopefully in life. Yeah, it definitely will. And we're looking forward to it. So thanks again, uh, Dr. Dardari. Thank you so much for the opportunity.